Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. You either have to end up in a world where the system itself is just alternating voices on its own, or you go to a kind of a non-binary neutral voice to try and head some of the stuff off at the pass. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson and this is episode 56, Giving Voice to Brands. So in today's episode, recorded on the 11th of November 2019, you'll hear me talk with Tobias Dengel, the CEO of Willow Tree. So Willow Tree are a leading mobile strategy design and app development company servicing Fortune 500, Fortune 5000 clients and large government agencies. They really have worked with a whole host of the biggest names, these household names, General Electric, PepsiCo, Johnson & Johnson, Time Warner, 21st Century Fox, the list goes on and on. They got an award-winning UX and development team based in New York. So it was fantastic to talk with Tobias to get the inside scoop on what the feeling is amongst the tech execs at these larger companies around voice, what the demand is, what they expect to see in terms of ROI how to sell into them. It was a really interesting conversation, actually. And we also talk about voice payments. So how voice enablement is going to transform mobile transactions. And that's a a common theme throughout this conversation is it's always a focus on how voice is going to affect the mobile side of things as well, because of course, mobile is not going away. And that brought us nicely onto uh, the design side of things. Tobias is a big proponent of multimodality. He explains why it's extremely important to use multimodal interfaces in your solution. Because while voice might be the uh, fastest means to enter information into a system, it's not that necessarily the fastest means to receive the response back. And that's where a screen comes in. And there's a great demonstration of a pizza ordering app that, that proves just that. That leads us on to the choice of voice, how to choose a voice for your brand. Why is it important for brands to have a voice in the first place? Tobias explains that. And then we also discuss the various considerations when choosing a voice. So should you have a synthetic or a human voice? Should you employ an actual employee versus a voice actor or even a celebrity? Should you only have one voice, for example? Lots of questions there. And then we discuss the gender of voice, including uh, non-binary voices. This is a hot topic at the moment. Tobias lets us know whether it really makes a significant difference in the reaction of the consumer, how you can create non-binary voices, whether they're off-putting for some people, what the advantages and disadvantages are there. So that was a very interesting topic as well. And we've got a bit of a demo on that one as well, so you can hear a genderless voice in action. This episode is brought to you by Manning Publishing, an independent publisher of a huge range of software development books. At manning.com, you'll find books on all the technologies you need to learn in order to create world-class voice applications. All the books are available at manning.com. And right now, Voice Tech Podcast listeners get a massive 40% off all the books with the promo code podvoicetech19. So go check it out at manning.com. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for free for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. By becoming a Voice Tech Pro, you not only unlock access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, but you also get exclusive content made just for Voice Tech Pros and get to hear the episodes weeks before everyone else. Voice Tech Pros also get episodes with bonus questions, no ads, and high quality sound. And best of all, you get that warm fuzzy feeling that you're supporting the show, helping to ensure that I can keep producing episodes like this one. 
Open your web browser and visit voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tobias Dengel, the CEO of Willow Tree Inc., a leading mobile strategy, design, and app development company servicing Fortune 500 and 5,000 clients and large government agencies. From their offices in New York and Charlottesville and Durham in the USA, they've released over 400 consumer and enterprise applications for some household names, including General Electric, PepsiCo, Johnson & Johnson, Time Warner, and many, many more. They have an award-winning UX and development team that work across mobile, web, interactive TV, game platforms, and of course, now voice. So... Tobias, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, Carl. Thanks for having us. It's uh, brilliant to have you on. I'm really excited because this is um, it's the first time I've spoken to a, an agency of, of your size, actually. It seems like you've been a, around for a long time, very well established. You've got some of the biggest names in the industry working with you. So really keen to get your view on on how these big companies are, are seeing voice and uh, get an idea of some of the projects that they're uh, they're involved in. Sure. Excited to be talking to you. Cool. All right. Let's first start off with that list of clients. And I, and I barely scraped the surface of all the, the people that you've worked with. National Geographic as well, ABM, Bev, American Express, the list goes on and on. Tell us uh, what kind of projects do you generally do with these huge companies and how does voice figure into all of this? Sure. So the term of art is a digital product agency, but that's not a term that outside of the industry folks use very much. In essence, we help our clients build anything digital that they need. Our clients are typically not native, not digital first companies. So they're typically being disrupted. So you think of Mm. a large media company like National Geographic or Fox, who are our clients, they're being disrupted by folks like Netflix and Amazon. And so we help them fight back. We like to say we are disrupting the disruptors because the traditional players have huge assets in the space. They have millions of customers, tens of thousands of employees, billions of dollars. What they're not typically set up to do is digital innovation. And that's where we come in. And historically, it was apps and web. And we think the next frontier is voice, as do most of our clients. Interesting. Well, that that was going to be my next question then. So obviously, you've been working on the the web and mobile side for most of it. But now it sounds like a lot of interest is uh, picking up around voice. What are the kinds of things that you're hearing on the ground? What are the kind of questions that these uh, big companies are are asking you? Well, for at least a half decade, they've been asking what's next. For whatever reason, it seems that these big changes, these big innovations are about a decade in the making. So in the 80s, it was PCs. In the 90s, it was the internet. Then it was mobile. And everyone's been asking what's next. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four or five years ago, people were talking about 3D television. Then AR and VR became a really big topic. And those are all interesting technologies, but we don't think they will have nearly the traction that voice will. And ultimately, it's because voice solves a real problem. We like to say technology is like 3D TV. We're a uh, technology in search of a use case. Voice fundamentally makes life faster and easier. And we've known for the last 40, 50 years when something is made easier and faster, consumers and employees will flock to it rather quickly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I guess uh, a lot of what these companies have been doing in the past is, is using technology like mobile and web in order to reduce the amount of contact, telephone support contact specifically with customers, because that's the, the most costly part of it. Now they're presented with the technology which allows to have that level of interaction that a human can provide without having the, the 
the associated costs. I can imagine they're very excited about this possibility. Um, what are the typical problems that you typically help them solve them? And obviously, cutting costs is, is a big one. What are the typical projects they ask you to do? And where do you think uh, voice fits into that? What are the low-hanging fruit that you're, you're going after with uh, voice technologies? Yeah. So when you think about voice, what's interesting is how fast consumers have adopted it, at least in terms of devices in their households. I think Kara Swisher in her last internet report said it was the fastest adopted technology in history. Yeah. And that's based on number of years to get to 50% household penetration, at least in the United States. Mm. So there's a human need, there's a human desire. People love voice. The next question becomes, what business models has voice permitted? What has changed? And I think that's where we're, you know, the huge voice success cases right now are few and far between, if mm -hmm. we're really honest with ourselves. Right. And so the analogy we like to use is it's kind of like the internet in the early 90s where you've seen it, it's cool, it kind of works, but we're not at 97, 98 yet where everyone is raising millions of dollars for the first websites. We're still 93, 94, 95, where hmm. the technology is just emerging and the folks that are in it early can kind of see the potential, but it still has a variety of different hurdles to cross. And there's a whole set of technical hurdles that we all know about where it's still frustrating in terms of the recognition, et cetera, et cetera, that we all realize, especially if we have accents. But what we really think the biggest problem is the use cases is Whenever there's a new technology, you go all the way back to when television was introduced, all people originally were doing were filming radio shows, uh. right? Or they were like filming a stage, you know, a Broadway show. But people hadn't thought through what this new medium allowed them to do, like create a series, ultimately ending in, unfortunately, reality television. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we think we're early in that phase. And, and I think the problem is when you think about something like Alexa and Alexa skill, it's really a voice only experience. So it's a little bit analogous, I think, to how AOL was in the mid 90s. It's, it's good, but it's not great yet. It's not a breakthrough kind of thing. Yeah. And we think the problem is, is that voice right now is a self-contained ecosystem, right? So if you, like Regal Cinemas is a client of ours. If you ask Alexa to get you movie tickets, that's immediately a pretty frustrating experience because Alexa is going to list off 10 movies with four show times each, like no one can remember, et cetera. But we think the experience that people want is this multimodal experience mm -hmm. where you ask a question and then you get a written response, a text response, a graphic response. And then you look at that response, you say, all right, two tickets, please to Star Wars tonight. And what's really going on that we spent a lot of time, like why does that feel right and et cetera, what's really going on. And I think what hasn't been talked about that much is what makes voice great. What ultimately makes voice great is that we can speak about twice as fast, three times as fast as we can type. Maybe on a mobile device, it's four times as fast as we can type, right. but we can still read much, much more quickly than we can listen. So what it really, I think ultimately gets us to is a world where we wanna speak to machines but we don't want the response to be voice. We want the response primarily to be text and graphics because it's just so much faster. And that's really what multimodal is about. And when you say, hey, what's playing tonight at Regal and you see it on your screen and you just say, get me two tickets. Now you've taken a transaction that today takes two, three minutes using your app and it might take 10, 15, 20 seconds using multimodal. And we all know when you can take any interaction and cut that much time out of it, consumers will flock to it overnight. Absolutely. Yeah. Multimodal seems to be the theme that keeps cropping up in, in every conversation I have. Really interesting what you say about the speed of input through the voice and the speed of uh, 
listening is very, very different. You know, you need that screen in order to be able to select from large lists and see pictures. There's a lot we can interpret from an image. A picture speaks a, a thousand words, as they say. So we've jumped to the design topic. So let's carry on with that. I mean, what have you learned from building multimodal apps for your clients in the past? Obviously, you've got a lot of experience in mobile. And how does that apply to voice? So we like to say, give your apps a voice mm. is the philosophy we're talking to our clients about. And the best example that's out there today right now is I think the Waze app, where if you go into the Waze app, there's a giant red microphone and they're really pushing you to speak to the app. Now they've got a special use case that they think probably correctly that most people who are trying to type something in are driving. So there's a safety consideration there. But I think that concept, and it could be a mic button, it could be something else, but that concept of actually speaking commands to your app is where most of our action is right now. Now it might start that you start speaking to your Amazon Echo and then you'd get dropped into your app and then you might respond to your app or you might respond back to the Echo. So there's different ways of constructing it. Mm. But that is where we think these user experiences go. And when we test them, they test incredibly positively. Is that I right? think I shared an example with you. If you can order pizza on an app via voice, and pizza is a good use case because it's complex. You might want pepperoni on half of it, mushrooms and onions on the other half. Kind of doing that in an app takes a little bit of time, but it does. you should be able to just speak that. It takes, we all know what we want on the pizza. It should take zero time. We can hear that now, actually, because you sent me the demo. Let's hear it. It only takes 10 seconds, sure. actually, to, uh, well, this is the, the point of the video. So let's hear it right now. Let me get a cheese pizza with bacon, chicken, mushrooms and olives, a buffalo chicken pizza with onions and peppers, and a veggie pizza with extra cheese. So in that clip, you heard somebody ordering a pizza, a number of pizzas actually with different topics on. It took them a total of 10 seconds. Now the video continues on in silence for another 44 seconds while you see somebody furiously tapping all of these specific toppings for three pizzas into the mobile app. And so that's uh, almost five to one ratio in terms of speed just to underline the point that you're making that sometimes just a screen is, is not enough. Yeah. And so I think we all understand, once you've seen a few examples of that, most executives at large companies, a light bulb goes off and they say, that's what we need. That's the place we want to go. Mm -hmm. The challenge then becomes, how do you make that happen? Right? Because that's actually a, begins to be a pretty complex problem. How are you tying all these technologies together to create one seamless user experience where regardless of what interface you're using, the system knows who you are, has your payment information, ties it all together. And that's the technology backend race right now that's going on in the space. And it's funny, there's different providers own different pieces of it. Amazon obviously has the dominant speaker platform right now. Google Assistant has, one would argue, the best voice recognition platform Absolutely, yeah. and much more open than Siri. Siri obviously has a big distribution platform because of the mm. iPhone, uh, can I, especially in the West. And then the player that no one's talking about is Microsoft. Microsoft actually, I think, shares the vision that we've been talking about and is providing a lot of the backend technology that allows all this to happen. They just don't have a consumer-facing platform that has you know, anywhere near the penetration of, of those other players. So it's a really interesting time. It's really early days. Everyone has a piece of it. Our hope and aspiration is that they I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voice Tech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. 
Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voicetech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voicetech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for Voicetech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voicetech Pros also get a special role in our online community, high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voicetech Pro today.